Hello and back to the Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today we're talking about graphite, which for for those that don't know, you can consider it the ugly duckling of the quartet of battery minerals and metals. It's perhaps the least known and least understood of the uh, the main battery metals, uh, EV, lithium ion battery metals. And I'm joined today by Anthony Houston, President, CEO and founder of Graphite One. Good afternoon, Anthony. Good afternoon, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real privilege. You're more than welcome. It's a real privilege for me too, because there aren't that many graphite companies out there. So it's not often I get the opportunity to talk about and uh, interview about graphite, which, as I mentioned previously, was is one of the key metals in uh, makes up the suite of components or materials within a, a lithium-ion battery. Lithium, obviously, very famous and well-known. Cobalt, quite well understood, and, and nickel, of course. And graphite, none of it would be possible without the graphite. And you've just put out this morning a pre-feasibility study on the graphite creek project you have or, or deposit you have in Alaska, in the USA. Congratulations there. Tell us some of the uh, the highlights from the PFS, please. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, our project is uh, located in Alaska. We have uh, the largest graphite uh, resource in the United States. And uh, in fact, the United States Geological Center just came out to do their own research and uh, had an independent study done. And, and they came out to say that a couple months ago. But in our PFS uh, that we just put out this morning, uh, we show a, a pre-tax USD uh, of 1.9 billion NPV with uh, an 8% discount. Uh, 26% IRR and a 4.6 year payback. Uh, and, and where this could get very interesting moving forward, uh, and I think we'll be able to show that in our feasibility study, which we hope to uh, have done here over the next 18 months, is uh, some pretty strong, robust economics. You know, before the accounting for tax credits that's just been enacted by the US Inflation Act of 2022, we do expect these to increase dramatically. And I'll tell you why. Um, because um, when the uh, Inflation Act was was just put into place, it instituted uh, a 10% tax credit to producers in the United States. That's actually going to be um, finished by 2032, except for um, critical minerals that are produced in the United States. So what that tells you is that there's a tax credit equal to 10% of the cost incurred with respect to production of graphite is purified to a minimum purity of 99.9% graphitic carbon by mass. And that uh, phase-out provision is does not apply um, to graphite in, in particular. So we are going to be focused on that as well through the feasibility and then into production. Let, let me jump in here. I mean, this is obviously big news. It's big news because, yeah. as you mentioned, you're the biggest graphite source in the US. There's graphite in Canada, of course. Um, but also with the the added complexion that this uh, has because of the uh, this uh, the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act, um, why doesn't this tax these tax reductions um, why don't they phase out for graphite? Well, because it's part of the actual critical minerals, and the United States has come out to say that they need to create their own domestic supply chain. And the way they're going to do that is to give incentives to companies like ourselves, because we're not just a, a natural graphite company. We've shown and, and just uh, for the first time uh, made public that um, we really have an integrated uh, a mining uh, and recycling 
as well as the anode manufacturing facility, which will all take place in Washington State. So the resources in Alaska, we will then uh, upgrade it into the low 90 percentiles. We will then uh, ship it down to Washington State, uh, Paul, where we're going to have an anode manufacturing facility, um, you know, which is going to be integrated business operation to produce lithium-ion battery anode materials and other graphic products for the U.S. domestic market. And this is all being going to be done on a commercial scale, which today is is not present in the United States. So again, the Inflationary Act is is come out to help companies like ours to get into production. Thank you, Anthony. A little bit, a few more sort of numerical points from the PFS today. Um, you're going to be looking at producing 75,000 tons per year of graphite products for a 20-year mine life, and I think it's 25 or 26-year life for the actual production of the products. Um, that will include 49, we'll say 50,000 tons per year of anode materials, 7,500 tons a year of purified graphite products, and 18,000 tons per year of unpurified graphite products. So really looking at being much more than just a raw materials producer. You're absolutely right, Paul. And, and one thing that's really important to, to understand is the magnitude of this, this resource. Uh, this PFS was all created uh, on less than one kilometer of a 16 kilometer resource, which means when you break it down, we're really under seven and a half percent of our entire resources is based on those 26 years of mine life. So we have the ability to ramp up quite quite heavily to be able to allow the, the U.S. to have its own domestic supply of, of natural graphite, as well as um, all the other materials that we're going to be creating for the anode manu- manufacturing facility in Washington State. Thank you. Now, let's talk a little bit about the sort of next <clears throat> steps or going forward. You mentioned a moment ago that um, you'll be moving into feasibility study. You estimate that takes about 18 months. But I, I guess the elephant in the room from a perhaps an investor point of view is, you know, your, your market cap is currently 110, 120 million Canadian. The PFS talks about a 1.2 billion initial US dollars initial capital development costs. So presumably um, you'll be looking to get some kind of partner or other very strong ally to help you shoulder the the capital cost and development of this project. We've seen in in recent weeks um, automotive companies partnering up with um, the producers of or potential producers of other battery materials. Is that um, the route you're looking to go, either with an automotive company or a battery producer or some something of that nature? Well, uh, so I think the uh, first time ever uh, that I know of, uh, the government has stepped up and, and created grants uh, just as of July of this year under the Inflationary Act um, that we have uh, we have not made public, but I think it's it's um, something that 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 will come out soon to show that uh, the grants that will be given to companies like ourselves to help create the domestic supply chain will definitely allow us to partner with potential end users. Uh, we have we have signed NDAs with with you know the largest end users in the United States, and I believe that. Um, you know, it's it's it is public that the smallest grant is fifty million dollars, and the way the grants work is once you're given the grant, you have six months to then uh, actually uh, invest or have the additional fifty million dollars, and that's the smallest amount uh, we look, look at from the inflationary side, uh, as well as from the infrastructure bill that. There's also another bill that's that's just actually um, 
come into law from Title III. And that's really focused on the mining side. And I think you're going to see Title III step in to be able to actually produce grants equal to 50% of the cost of feasibility and permitting in the United States to help us get into production. So I see the United States government potentially stepping in um, and helping for almost 50% of the CapEx. And the remaining 50% will be done through partnerships, joint ventures, and, uh, and equity. I mean, that's obviously very, very positive, but it also sounds like you're going to be spending much of the next 18 months filling in government forms. Yes. Yes, we've, we actually started doing it uh, earlier this year. And you're absolutely correct. Uh, we have an incredible team uh, that, that we work very closely with who, who helps us through all of that. I mean, that, that's huge news, isn't it? If you can get yeah. 50% of the cost of doing feasibility, and feasibilities aren't cheap, and then 50% yeah. of the, the development cost. I mean, that's obviously halfway there and um, minimizes your equity dilution or the equity dilution of Graphite One. And perhaps I imagine puts you in a, a stronger bargaining position with any potential partners that you want to bring on board as well. You're absolutely correct. And like I said, I mean, the U.S. government has really stepped up to show that they want to create a U.S. domestic supply chain. And uh, the way they're going to do it is to help companies like ourselves to attract the right kind of partners. Okay, so I guess the the next big milestone then is going to be the feasibility study in 18 months. And And I think you said you could potentially be in production in three years. Is that correct? You know, so our anode, man- yeah. Yeah, our anode manufacturing facility, uh, we believe will be up and running by then. And then uh, the mine could take a couple more years after that. Talk me through this, the, the, next, uh, the next steps and what, what's the key to getting to that feasibility study level? Well, we've actually started on the feasibility uh, this summer. So because we have a, a window uh, up in Alaska that, that runs roughly from May until uh, October, We've been on the ground uh, uh, all summer long and starting the drill program and, and 100% of all the work that we've been working on up there is for the feasibility. So we've actually already started on it. Okay, so, that, so that, sorry, that's that's during what, 18 months time, yeah? So uh, early, what would that be, early 2024? Yes, correct. Okay. Now, obviously it's very, very encouraging that US government is not just supporting vocally but you know putting its hand in its pocket to advance mineral projects um but you're in alaska so permitting um permitting with u.s federal agencies um never an easy process and projects in alaska um particularly in the copper space have run into some uh, quite big hiccups uh dealing or working with federal agencies do the the these new acts that have things that have passed, does that simplify permitting in any way? Or is that just purely money and you've got to you know, engage and embrace the federal agencies as, w- as well as anybody else? So one thing we did with our project that, that took many, many years to do is uh, we are now 100% on state land. And uh, what that means, Paul, is, is we will be under the guidelines of uh, Alaska's state permitting. And uh, there are aspects of it that will involve the federal side for permitting, as all mines do. And so we will just follow all the guidelines that are presented uh, before us. Uh, I think, um, not to get political, but I I do see 
the uh, political landscape uh, wanting to create a U.S. domestic supply chain and, uh, and, and have it take uh, less time than maybe it has in the past. And so I think you're going to see some parts of the permitting side get streamlined. And, and I don't mean cutting corners, just uh, taking out maybe some of the bureaucracy and, and making sure that the right companies, uh, the right projects uh, get permitted in a, in a timely manner so that we don't find ourselves relying 100% uh, on, on countries that are not our allies. Thank you. I mean, under the previous administration, you know, President Trump was really, you know, come on, we need to get things permitted quicker, not making it easier, but come on, chop, chop, let, let's, let's move this paperwork. Um, and that seems to be the sort of similar message you're now sort of perceiving in the Biden administration. Yeah, I think you're absolutely 100%, 100% correct. I think people are really, um, I, I like to tell people that, um, you know, as, as, as challenging and hard as COVID has been, it's really opened up really all of our eyes to see the reliance we have uh, on, on certain countries and, and understanding that if we're to continue moving forward and, uh, and not have so much self-reliance on, I mean, 100% of, of the anodes currently uh, that we rely on for our Apple phones, for our electric vehicles are coming out of China. And so I, I think that it's, it's in the U.S.'s best interest to, to make sure that, that we have the largest, we're sitting with the largest resource in the United States, which is potentially one of the largest resources in the world. Like I said, this PFS is based on, on roughly 7% of our entire resource, and it shows 26 years. And so I think that we have the ability to ramp up hard to 100,000 to 150,000 to 200,000 tons per annum and be able to, you know, definitely take care of the supply that's going to be needed in 2030 to 2035 and, and, and beyond. Okay. And so I think that. No, please carry on. No, I was going to say, and so I think that they're going to, people are starting to realize that the permitting is a big aspect of that. And, and the sooner that we can get our heads around you know how do we do this properly and follow countries um, that that have, have have you know lowered the permitting and the stages that like Canada for instance where I live um, they've done a great job in in helping companies and creating a permitting uh, regime that allows companies to get into production in a in a manner that we can actually compete globally. Okay, thank you. Now the Biden administration is starting to become aware and take interest in graphite and the other critical metals. You're starting to see investors get interested and understand graphite. Um, you said you've been on the on the phone all morning since you put the release out. So uh, are you you're getting new inbound calls from new investor groups, different types of investor groups, investor groups in different parts of the world. We are, in fact, um, not just from the United States, but uh, quite a few from Europe actually. And because you realize that the reliance um, for them is the same as, as we are, and they don't have, uh, you know, the ability to, you know, they don't have a lot of large graphite deposits over there. And so we've, we've actually had quite a lot strong interest from, from places like Europe. Okay, it sounds like there's going to be a lot more news coming out uh, um, over the next 18 months before the feasibility comes out. Graphite One trades on the TSXV under GPH and on the OTCQX and the GPHOF. Anthony Houston, President, CEO and Founder, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Paul. It's been a real pleasure. And that's all from me, Paul Harris. Join us for more from Mining Stock Daily soon. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. 
Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.